Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Justin Sua, and this is Losing Control, a podcast about one of the strangest phenomena in sports, the yips, or when an athlete or elite performer suddenly finds themselves unable to do the thing that they do better than almost everyone else on the planet. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. But if you want the full experience, head back to episode one. Losing Control is a podcast told through conversations with athletes, coaches, neuroscientists, and more, and it's in order. Each episode features a first-hand perspective that contributes a piece to the puzzle that is the yips. Along the way, you'll learn about some of the challenges that high performers face and the mental work that enables them to do what they do. Not only that, you'll hear how you can incorporate these tools, strategies, and mindsets into your own life. Because it's not just about losing control. It's about getting it back. So let's get started. Today on Losing Control, we're talking about the twisties, which you can think of as a variety of the yips that aerial athletes experience. First up, you're going to hear from one of the top gymnastics coaches in the world, Amy Borman. Amy and I talk about how she approaches coaching some of the world's best gymnasts, how she stays calm while the world is watching, and how she works with her athletes when they face a bout of the twisties. Later in the show, you'll meet one of the best cliff divers in the world, Gary Hunt. Gary and I talk about what it feels like to dive from heights of nearly 100 feet in the air, about the critical role that visualization plays in this sport, and about how focusing on being the world champion may have contributed to Gary getting the twisties himself. What I love about this episode 
is that although both Amy and Gary have been at the top of their respective sports, they know how to keep things in perspective, to have fun, and to hold on to the joy that their work brings them, even as they're competing at the highest level. Here's Amy Borman. My name is Amy Borman. I am a professional gymnastics coach. I was the head coach of the 2016 USA Women's Gymnastics Gold Medal Women's Gymnastics Team. Also, um, four-time USA Gymnastics Coach of the Year and 2016 US OPC Coach of the Year. So that was really exciting because that was in an Olympic year. Very, very honored to have that. And I was the personal coach of Simone Biles for 12 years. That's great. How do you coach a superstar? So I think you don't treat them as a superstar. Simone was not treated any differently than the rest of her teammates. She was held to the same expectations of self-discipline and communication and work ethic as the rest of her team. Her family also did not treat her as a superstar. You know, they probably still don't treat her as a superstar. She was held to the same expectations as the rest of her family, you know, as her siblings. So I think that that is key. The other part about coaching somebody who's like uber talented is that you almost have to pull back on the gas because, you know, they can do stuff, but that doesn't mean they should. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so you have to be able to say, I don't need to rush with this athlete. You know, we have time. And the more time we take to get there, the healthier she's going to be the happier she's probably going to be, the more well-adjusted she's probably going to be. It doesn't mean every day is gonna be perfect and fun and joyful, but it's got to be fun most of the time. And, you know, that was super important for Simone. You know, she was just a little girl. And if it wasn't fun, she would have quit. She'd be a track star right now. She'd be a four foot nine track star because she's still wicked fast. If she didn't have fun in gymnastics, if it became too hard or it became boring, uh, if she just didn't like it, she would have had no problem quitting and her family would have let her quit. So that was part of the management and the coaching of a great athlete. You know, just take your time. Success isn't built in a microwave, but a slow cooker. Amy also understands that when it comes to coaching superstars, communication is key. When we were gearing up for the Rio Olympics, Simone had a lot of skills she was training in the gym. And we sat down one day and I said, okay, you have all of these skills that you haven't shown yet in competition. Do you want to compete them at the Olympics? Do you want to prepare them to be competition ready for the Olympics? Or do you want to stick with these programs that you've been doing that you know you can still win with? and just be comfortable knowing that you can do what you're doing. And she was the one who ultimately made the decision. And she said, I just wanna go in and be confident with what I'm doing because there's gonna be so many other pressures and stressors in my life that I don't wanna have to think about my gymnastics. So I left it up to her. She was 19 and I was like, what do you wanna do? As a coach in watching your athletes perform, the gymnasts perform, a lot of times we talk about the pressure of the athlete the stress, the anxiety the athlete's going through. What's it like as a coach watching the athlete? So watching the athlete. First, let's talk about in practice, especially when you have a really you know high-level athlete. You have this expectation put on you that you bring that athlete to the best of their potential. You know, that's just a stress that's put on you, especially when you're at the international level. So that's the first thing. Then when an athlete looks to you and says, Am I fine? Am I ready to do it? 
Like, you know, your logical mind says, yes, you've put in the training, you're ready to do it. But in the back of my mind, I go, oh, Lord, please don't let me be wrong. <laughs> so there's that moment of anxiety as a coach that you have to trust yourself as well to tell the athlete. Now, there have been times that I've said, no, don't do it. You're not ready. You're not physically ready. I know you want to do it, but let's keep training it. So that is very, very important. And then um, I know that people have said that, you know, it was easy for me. My road to success was easy because I had Simone as an athlete. But the fact of the matter is, first of all, I've been coaching for 35 years. So I have had my trials and tribulations through the years. But coaching somebody who is so talented like Simone is really difficult. Like there's a lot to manage with that. There's a lot of the expectations to manage with that. And then going into competition, she's got to live up to those expectations. And if she doesn't live up to those expectations, the first person that people are going to look at is her coach. And did her coach do a good enough job preparing her? Is she injured because her coach did something irresponsible? Is she not doing the difficulty she could because her coach was too afraid to push her? You know, there's a delicate balance there. And then on top of that, every time we would go into competition, I would just say to myself, you know, like, just let her be safe, no injuries. Like, I never had a problem if somebody beat Simone in competition, as long as Simone performed the best that she could and she stayed healthy. Those were like the two most important things to me. Appreciate you answering that. And yeah, I could only imagine the pressure of, of a coach who's the coach of Simone and some of the best gymnasts in the world. If there's somebody listening who is a leader, who is a parent, who is feeling the pressure of coaching, the mantle of leadership, and they do get nervous, they get anxious, or they just wonder if they can keep it together and what are people going to think if my organization or my team doesn't succeed or if my athlete doesn't succeed, what advice do you have for that leader? What can they do to help kind of relieve some of the pressure off themselves or to cope with it? So those feelings are 100% normal. I don't think I've ever met a coach that uh, doesn't feel that anxiety. It, it is really how you demonstrate that anxiety. So for me, like in competition, I never really show highs or lows. If I have an athlete who has a disappointing performance, it's important that they don't see disappointment in my face. And if I'm disappointed, my disappointment is for them, not at them. So, you know, like if I know an athlete is better than they performed and they didn't do very well, I feel badly for them because I know that they have prepared themselves for that competition. So that's number one. The other thing is that I really feel like you have to keep in perspective that it's just gymnastics. You know, these children and young women are not going to be gymnasts their entire life. And so what life lessons are they leaving the sport with? And you as a coach, you know, it's just gymnastics. So is it worth getting so emotionally upset about a sport? Like I identify as a coach, but that doesn't mean that that is my entire life. It is what I do. And I would like to say it's not who I am, but just kind of my personality is one of a coaching style personality because even if I'm not in the gym, I'm still coaching people on various things. But in general, it's a job. And you know, you should be passionate about it and you should be as educated as you can about it. 
but really take a step back and look at it from an outside perspective and just be like, this is just gymnastics. This is just a sport. What am I learning from this experience? What are the athletes learning from this experience? And then, you know, I had kind of gotten a mantra before the Rio Olympics, and it was, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Just breathe. When we're back, we're digging into the twisties. What it is, what it looks like, and how one of the world's top gymnastics coaches works with athletes who are experiencing it after this. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back. I'm Justin Sua, and this is Losing Control. I'm speaking with Amy Borman, a gymnastics coach with decades of experience. She's coached some of the best elite gymnasts in the world, including Simone Biles. Earlier, Amy shared with us her philosophy on coaching. Now we're going to get into the twisties. Now, the twisties essentially is when a gymnast is in the middle of the air, twisting and spinning, when all of a sudden they lose track of where they are. But we need to start with something called proprioception because in order to understand the twisties, you need to understand what proprioception is and how it affects a gymnast's ability to perform their craft. Can you please tell us what proprioception is? Proprioception is your 
air awareness about how your body is moving through space and time. And gymnasts, well, all aerial athletes really have an amazing sense of this. I actually used to call Simone an air sense savant because it was amazing that she would always land on her feet. She literally was like a cat. I think only a couple of times while I was training her did I see that she wasn't quite sure where she was in the air before she landed. You know, not not related to losing her sense, but more so like, oh yeah, that wasn't where I thought it was gonna be. Even if she was going to land on her back, she knew she was going to land on her back and she knew how to fall safely. So as a coach, having an athlete that has that great proprioception, it makes you much more confident as a coach. You're not as scared to watch your athlete try something new. You're probably not surprised to hear that Simone Biles is an air sense savant, but proprioception or air awareness is a sixth sense that we all have, a sense of where your body is in space. And for gymnasts, it's a sense of where they are as they flip and twist through the air. And proprioception is exactly what the twisties affects. So the twisties are basically when that proprioception just goes away for no known reason. (laughs) It's almost like an injury to the brain in a gymnast because suddenly they have no idea where they are in the air and you know how fast their body is spinning or twisting it really does have a profound effect on a gymnast and it doesn't really matter what level gymnast you are because i experienced the twisties and i was nowhere near an elite athlete you know i i love gymnastics and i competed in gymnastics for 12 years but sometimes that air awareness just goes away and I believe, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I believe a lot of it has to do with stress and how the body is manifesting a stressful situation that you're feeling. Suddenly you feel out of control and your brain says, yep, you're out of control, here you go. And it stops you from having this sense that you know what you're doing. I mean, if you were to think about twisties and relate it to something else like NASCAR, Imagine a NASCAR driver is on the track and they're they're going as fast as they possibly can and suddenly they lose their eyesight. That's what it's like when a gymnast loses their air awareness during a skill. How often do you see it? Well, I've been coaching for 35 years, so I've seen it a lot. <laughs> but really, you know, the what you do when that happens as a coach, the responsible thing to do is just step back because Again, this is just something happening in the brain. It's not something physical that you can fix right away. You have to completely step back from it and say, okay, we're just not going to do that skill that's giving you the twisties. We're just going to lay off of it. You're not going to forget how to do it. Something is stopping you from doing it right now, but I know physically you can do it. And then we might talk about what's stressing you out right now. And it might not have anything to do with gymnastics. It might have to do with school. It might have to do with boyfriends. It might, you know, there's something that the gymnast is feeling like they don't have control in their life. And so they're not even cognizant of the fact that that's what's causing the twisties. What are certain things you take into consideration as a coach to help an athlete through the twisties? The thing about the twisties is it's generally not on every skill. I can use Simone as an example of, you know, one time that this happened when she was younger, this was pre the Rio Olympics, and suddenly she couldn't twist on floor or on bars or on vault, but she could twist off of beam, no problem. So it was like the same skill on the other events, but she was getting lost in the air, except when she did the skill off balance beam. 
So there isn't any rhyme or reason to why. You just have to step back and be like, all right, it doesn't matter why, we're just not gonna do it. Or if you feel like trying it today, we'll try it. But if you don't, that's fine, we're gonna move on. You have to show as a coach that the athlete's safety and well being is more important than maybe competing that weekend. You know, maybe the success of what they're trying to do. Like it just comes down to their well being. And I think if you've got that good relationship and you have that communication already in place, they're going to believe what you say. If that communication isn't already there, you don't have that bond already, you might be telling the athlete, it's fine, don't worry about it, but they don't believe you. What Amy is saying here is so true. It's a common phrase, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. In order to truly make an impact, it's about focusing on what's best for the athlete, for the person. I love what Amy is about to say next. If you're a young coach and you feel pressured to move a talented young athlete quickly and you just, it doesn't feel right in your gut, it's not right. You know, take your time with them. Don't feel pressured by coaches that you may admire. If they tell you that you need to push them harder or that you're too nice, because I was told I was too nice and that I would never be successful because I was too nice. I made the conscious decision that I don't care if I'm never successful. I'd rather be nice than successful. And the fact is, is that you can be nice and successful. You know, if you can create a happy, healthy athlete, you will create a successful athlete. Now, I am not naive to believe that we don't live in a results-oriented world. Results do matter. However, not at the expense of development. The best coaches, the best organizations, the best training programs are after longevity. If you push a young, talented athlete too hard and too fast, someone who has the potential to be the next Simone Biles might burn out before they even get started. Of all the sports we're covering on this podcast, elite gymnastics might seem like the one that, unless you're a gymnast, is the furthest away from your life. But as a mental performance coach, I know that you don't have to be an elite gymnast to apply the same mental skills they use to your own life. What's one mental practice that elite gymnasts do that would benefit the rest of us that we could apply to our own lives? I don't think I've ever met a gymnast, especially a higher level gymnast, who doesn't do some kind of mental choreography. You know, you'll see gymnasts if you're, um, the cameras always are pointed at the gymnasts on the side, you know, before they compete, you'll see them mentally running their routines, you know, they'll be doing small movements. And but you can tell that they're just going through their routine in their head. And I think that that is important for everybody. I mean, in reality, even if you're in a spelling bee, that's something that would be good for you, you know, like just sitting there and, and just going through the minutia and, you know, that visualization of like, the crowd is there for you. The judges are there for you. You believe in yourself and, and seeing yourself having that success in your brain over and over and over again, you know, it's easier to make it a reality if you can see it in your mind. Although it may sound complicated, and it can be, visualization is simply your ability to see yourself executing a task in your mind before you actually go out there and do it. Most, if not all, elite athletes are doing some form of visualization, and that's because these athletes understand and leverage the power of their mind. 
And it doesn't matter what profession you have. It's incredibly beneficial to pause and to visualize yourself being successful before you go out and do it. After the break, we'll be back with a unique story, an elite cliff diver, one of the best in the world who confronted the twisties when diving from heights of nearly 100 feet after this. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Justin Sua, and this is Losing Control. I want you to close your eyes and imagine you're standing on a small platform 90 feet in the air. You feel the wind blowing in your hair, and down below, way down below, is a pool of water. In a couple of seconds, you're going to jump. And not only jump, you're going to flip and twist in the air and land in the water with only a small splash. The sport I'm describing is cliff diving or high diving. Gary Hunt is the nine-time Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series champion. Now, if you've never heard of Gary, or you've never seen him dive, I would highly recommend you go look up some of his videos. It's really out of this world. Unless you've seen it, I can promise you you've never seen anything like it. I actually asked him that question to kick off our conversation on how people respond to him when he tells them what he does for a living. 
It's always uh, fun to have that initial conversation. Everyone is very surprised that I, I, my, my living, my, my way of, uh, of making a career for myself is by jumping off cliffs and, and buildings and cranes and things like that. Gary Hunt is absolutely unstoppable. I do not think he is a human being. This guy, the jump, the twist, everything's in line. He didn't lose his form. Boom. He's up and down. <laughs> Unreal. How high are you generally diving from in meters and in feet, please? We are jumping from 27 meters, so around 90 feet, which is the equivalent to around a nine-story building. Talk to me about standing on a platform, a crane, a cliff that is 90 feet above water. What does that feel like? I was a lot more scared in the past. Uh, now I've been doing it for 12, 13 years. And even for the first six, seven years, um, I would be very scared. My, my legs sometimes would be shaking on the end of the board. I still remember that the first time I did a show dive, which is in a, a, into a very small tank of water, um, I think only, only three meters uh, deep and eight, nine meters wide and a very small platform, just the size of your feet, basically. And this was a big jump for me, a big, uh, big challenge. And I was asking myself, why am I doing this on every step of the, the every rung of the ladder on, on my way up to, to 20 meters. Um, but yeah, step by step, you get used to it. And so now I've been up there so many times that I mean, that that's my office. That's, uh, that's where I'm almost the, the most relaxed uh, in some sense, I know what to do from the from the 27 meter board. I love what you just said. That's where you it almost feel most relaxed because that's your environment. That's what you do. That's what you love. That's what you enjoy. That's what you train for. What does it feel like as you're in the air twisting and turning? In the air, you're, you're kind of on autopilot. So there's no time to, to think to yourself, to think about your feelings, to think about what your, the sensations are. You're just, all of your brain and your body is so connected on on doing the actions that you have to do because that's that's uh, what you need to do to survive on simpler dives you do feel more like the air rushing through your hair and you feel the sensation of, of flying and falling from from a very high height but once you start doing uh, somersaults and twists um, those kind of sensations uh, you, you don't have time to think about really. There's maybe two seconds or one and a half seconds of just action where it's just very busy, very uh, almost like you're in a, in a washing machine with every muscle in your body working until the point where you can see the water towards the, the last part of the dive. And then once you see the water, your brain can make those calculations about how to maneuver your body into the, the best way to, to get in, into the water without uh, a painful impact. When he says painful impact, he's underselling cliff diving just a little bit. Gary is diving from 90 feet, and there's a tremendous amount of physicality, athleticism, and mental wherewithal that makes this possible. Can you share with us the physical work and also the mental work that enable you to do what you do. Cliff diving is one of the rare sports where we can't really train all year round. We don't have 
somewhere to, to, to practice. We're still not at the stage where we can do 27 meter dives all year round. So um, everyone who's training finds a place with a, at least a 10 meter platform. And so the big dives, you, you can't do everything from 10 meters. So you have to split the dive up into two, sometimes three parts. Gary might not be able to physically practice a full dive until he actually competes. But that doesn't mean that Gary isn't practicing at all. He's practicing in his mind. If I'm planning a new dive, um, I often lose sleep because uh, when I'm trying to get to, to sleep, my brain just imagines myself up on that platform doing the new dive, uh, um, which can be, can be a, a pain, that's for sure. But it all helps. It's, um, it just gives you that confidence to, to make you feel like you know what you're going to do. As I said, you, you're kind of going on autopilot when you're, when you're up there and you're finally doing the dive. So if you've done hundreds and hundreds of those repetitions in your, in your brain, you don't really need to think and, and react in real time. You're just doing it. You don't lose time thinking about every action you have to do. It's just drilled into your muscle memory and you just do it without thinking. You're probably noticing a theme here. Gary is discussing something that Amy spoke about earlier, the power of visualization, the importance of not just physical, but mental reps. Visualization is simply practicing in your mind. It's a key component of preparation and drilling a skill to the point where it's automized or in other words, something you do without thinking. When you get to, to high level, elite level in, in anything, the basics are so mundane, you, you don't think about the, the, the action of throwing a ball anymore. You focus on different things as, as you, you train your hours and hours, tens of thousands of hours. You start to need to focus on things so minuscule I'm no longer thinking about what actions my, my arms are doing or anything like that, but I'm thinking more about my breathing. I'm thinking more about getting myself into a state of mind where I'm relaxed and the basic movements and the, the simple things to do the dive, you don't think about anymore. Now let's take driving. Some of you have been driving for so long that you don't even have to think about when to press the gas, when to hit the brake, how hard you need to turn the steering wheel to the left or the right. You just do it because you've done it for so long. That's what Gary is describing. Now imagine you're focusing on a lot of highly specific aspects of driving, trying to refine small, intricate elements of the motor skills involved. And then all of a sudden, you forget how to steer. Here's Gary. At some point, you can get so tied up into the tiny bits that you need to improve to be a world champion that the basic things get lost and, uh, and you can no longer do, do them without thinking about them. So that's what happened with me. I, I, I needed to, to think about the actions that I would do to create a twist and things like that. And, and so then when you're, when you're doing these big dives and you're having to think about the basics, it's easy to just overthink and get lost. It's like you've created a, a foundation of actions to build a dive and then the foundation has been taken away. And so now you need to think about 
reconstructing the, the, the base again. Meaning the moves that he was doing effortlessly, the moves that he wasn't even thinking about doing before, now he had to think about them. Now he had to execute them deliberately rather than by default. At first, Gary thought it was a mental block, which he developed because he was trying to perform dives that were just too difficult. Not too difficult physically, but too difficult mentally. Why it started to happen, it's yeah, very difficult uh, to, to pinpoint. From a young age, I was somebody who wanted to learn to, to twist and turn in every direction. And I started to, to play around with a dive where I would be twisting at the start of the dive, stop twisting, and then start twisting again. It was a front triple with four and a half twists, and I decided to, to do two twists in the first somersault and then two twists in the second somersault. And so that led me to doing some very complicated dives and, and twists. And I think, yeah, it just, it just got to a point where it was a bit too complicated. And when I was tired, it was just... Um, yeah, it was just too too much for my brain to, to concentrate on. And it only took that one one mistake that happened a little bit more often and more often. And uh, obviously, when it happened to me on the 27 meters, that's when it all snowballed. Gary had the twisties. It's um, something that I'd heard about uh, in diving uh, when I was younger and um, lots of divers, uh, it's, it's been the end of their careers and, and something that's made them freeze on the end of the, the platform because they're, they're too much in their head and they, they just create a, a mental block because of these problems. And I was seeing that from the outside for many, many years and just didn't really understand what, what they were going through. For me, it was doing an extra twist. I would... Uh, try to to do two twists and i would be feeling each twist but there would be something like a, a block in my head where i would just go past the point where i would need to to open my arms out to stop the twist and i would realize i would be aware um that i'd gone past that point and so i would stay in until the the next moment that i could come out because if you come out half a twist too late you'll be in the wrong direction and, and it can really cause a crash. So I was aware enough to, to keep going until the, the next exit, but uh, it just got worse and worse. Uh, for me, I, I thought it was just something that would happen uh, in training. And if I would be focused on the 27 meter, it wouldn't ever happen, but it did happen on my very last dive of the, the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series in, in 2017. Gary thought he would never experience the twisties in a competition until he did. Cliff diving is extremely dangerous, and many people in Gary's situation might have said, well, I've had a great career, but I guess this means it's time to retire. Not Gary. I'd heard stories of, of people that, that was the end of their career. They, they started getting lost in their dives, and, and, and then that was it. And I didn't want that to be my story. So uh, I just had to go back to basics and doing dives with just one twist and doing them over and over and over again to stop thinking about it, basically. I, for me, the problem was, was overthinking. Once there was a, a problem, then I would only be thinking about what could go wrong. And this was just reinforcing the, the bad way of thinking. And so the only way that I imagined I could get over it was just 
drilling many, many, many times uh, the, these simple dives so that I, would, uh, I could do it without thinking again. If there is someone out there listening to this and they're experiencing the twisties, what advice do you have for that person? What helped was um, definitely positive thinking and, yeah, just, just drilling the basics, um, finding where you're having problems and breaking it down, going back a few steps and only going forward when you're absolutely confident of the, the step beforehand. I often found I would have problems towards the end of the week as well. I, I would be fine during the, the start of the week, Monday to Wednesday. And then when I'd be a little bit more tired, Thursday, Friday, there would be a lot more chance of a problem. So I would say don't, don't work on that the whole time. If you're just focusing on your problem 100% of the time, you're, you're going to burn out. So you have to mix up your training with obviously focusing on, on, on these problems, your mental block, but more often in the start of the week and mixing it up with, with something that you're confident with, something that you're, you enjoy doing so that you just don't get too far down, dug in a, in a hole um, and you can yeah, you can amuse yourself and, and, and still enjoy what you do. Sometimes we will try to tighten up our weaknesses to the point to where it consumes us. What I love about Gary's words is he's like, don't drill the problem to the point to where it pushes you into despair. Whatever you're working on, whatever you're trying to get better at, be mindful and identify the signal that you're pushing too hard. You're not finding joy in what you do. You're starting to feel like you have to do it instead of remembering that you get to do it. Chances are you're seeing a connection between what Gary is saying and what Amy said earlier on. Both Gary and Amy would believe that a happy athlete is a high-performing athlete. It's not every day that you get to talk to one of the best cliff divers in the world. And I had a few more questions for Gary. Can you tell us what you've learned over the course of your career about fear, managing fear and leaning into it, what have you learned about, about it? Uh, that would be difficult to, to describe in words what I've learned about fear. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, my sport is, is definitely one of the sports where you're, you're confronted with the, your fears every time you take part, every time you jump. So I've just learned that... Um, you can use your fear to benefit you. Every time that I'm under pressure and I'm worried about a, a new dive, those are my proudest moments when I've overcome that, when I've, uh, when I've done something, when I've set my mind to a new dive and I'm worried about it. And finally, I go from going through the dive a hundred times in my head and thousands of times in my head to, to finally realizing the dive and, and doing it. It's, it's just such a, a wonderful feeling of, of achievement. And it kind of rolls over into my, into my daily life. I, the things that I'm worried about, um, I push myself to do them more than I feel like I want to because I know that that's pushing that barrier is going to, in the end, benefit me. It's going to be worth it. Um, it's, I, I don't want to just uh, sit back and, and try and find the easiest, uh, easiest way through life. I, I want to push myself. I want to test myself and, uh, and be proud of what I've done in the end. What's your perspective on failure? I think it's, it's great to just get used to failing when you're, when you're at a young age. Uh, 
and then it's not such a big deal when you're when you're older. For me, I, I was uh, I I landed flat so many times when I was when I was young. I didn't have the uh, the best uh, spatial awareness. Um, and I was uh, I was a crier as well when I when I used to hurt myself I would cry and uh, my coach would uh, would yell at me and uh, and things like that. But um, after a while I I just got used to it and I would I I learned to laugh at, uh, at myself. I learned to laugh at it with everyone else and uh, and so that just kind of made it a lot easier to to live with making these mistakes. And obviously you you do learn a lot more when you when you fail. One person we spoke to told us that she thought experiences like the twisties was the most relatable thing about athletes. Yeah, so relatable to not just other sports, but life in general. People are taking things for granted and suddenly not being able to do what they've done for for a long time. My psychologist was saying that she'd worked with uh, pole vaulters who just at the last second when they 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 want to they need to plant the the pole something will happen they'll click and they'll bail at the last minute just when you think you've heard about every variety of the yips you can make so many connections with this uh, this phenomenon so uh, yeah i'll be following along thanks gary and for all of you listening if you want to follow gary and see some truly incredible cliff diving keep an eye out for the upcoming red bull cliff diving world series which you can find on instagram at red bull cliff diving Next time on Losing Control, we're teed up to talk about the yips in golf, as well as hear from a world champion archer who has battled and beaten target panic. Next up on Losing Control. A sincere thank you to our guests, Amy Borman, one of the most talented coaches in gymnastics and a longtime coach of none other than Simone Biles. Follow Amy on Instagram and Facebook at Salto Coach or on Twitter at Salto underscore coach. And Gary Hunt, the nine-time Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series champion and one of the best cliff divers in the world. Follow Gary at Gary Diver on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. I'm Justin Sua, your host, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Sua. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-S-U-A. You could also check me out on the Increase Your Impact podcast. Losing Control is a podcast from Sports Illustrated Studios and iHeartRadio. Original music by Jerome Sua. Michael McDowell is our producer. Editing and mixing by Will Stanton. This episode was fact-checked by Zoe Mullick. At SI Studios, Max Miller is supervising producer and Matt Lipson is executive producer. At iHeartRadio, Sean Titone is our executive producer. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast does not provide medical advice, and nothing you hear on this podcast is intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical consultation, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.